What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Ash Jay. Jay, where are we at in the story? Uh... <laughs> Full disclosure. Yeah. U- Ud and I might have had a libation or two on the bus. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. Hello and welcome. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and this is the first episode of the Imp's WWE Adventures podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. A look back at the WWE week that was. I've been on multiple podcasts on this network before, so I, I know the people at this network. You can see my work over at Wrestling Headlines. This year I covered the entirety of the G1 Climax. <laughs> I, I am looking forward to talking about WWE, because this is one thing. I was looking at social suplex with your with your AEW biases. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get into that shit in the first little ages. It's like, I was just like, what corner isn't covered in as much detail over here in the Social Suplex Podcast Network? We've got New Japan Pro Wrestling, they're covered. We've got All Elite Wrestling, they're covered. We've got whatever Rich and James do. <laughs> We've got basketball. We've got basketball covered. So what is not covered in as much detail? And I thought, let's do WWE. But let's not. I didn't really want to do like a deep dive review type thing. Because I know Rich and James think this is something to go into that's worth going into. Rich and James will go into that in detail. So I was like, let's not do that. Let's instead just have a look back on the week that was. Let's have a laugh. Let's have a chuckle. Um, I'm a very giggly person, as you probably tell already. Unless I've edited it out in post because I got annoyed at my own giggles. That happens sometimes. Give me reassurance. I need reassurance. <laughs> Give me information. My giggle's fine. I felt like let's just go back over the week that was for WWE. Just look back at what's happened as a sound pad falls off my wall onto this little sound pad tower I've built for myself. So let's, let's, let's go back. Uh, what day is it today? <laughs> I'm recording on Wednesday. I've just watched NXT. Yeah, also, I feel like because it's the first episode, I do plan to have like different guests and things to talk about it as I'm going along. So it's not just me and my own voice. But I thought, as this is the first episode, let's get to know me. Let's get to know the format. And then we'll go through all of that stuff. When I say let's get to know the format, that's for me as well. <laughs> to probably get through this. Let's just get to know each other a little bit. Just ease our way through that one. And also get used to the fact that, yes, I'm English. <laughs> I'm on a social suplex network and they've... Asked me, the I guess the resident Englishman, <laughs> to, to now go in to give the network an exotic feel. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a sentence to say. I'll say it next episode. <laughs> anyway, but again, the aim isn't really to review. The aim is to more revisit, have a bit of a chuckle. Reviewing will inherently be in there, like calling Fastlane a B-level pay-per-view. Immediately, that sounds like a descriptor, but in reality, that is a review. That's me saying, eh, it was fine. <laughs> Something like that. Also, the other thing as well is I kind of wanted this to be a lot shorter than the other things here on Social Suplex Network, just because time, <laughs> time is not infinite. We have so many shows on this network going into such great detail about stuff. I was like, it doesn't, I feel like when I'm doing WWE, I'm doing WWE en masse, covering everything. I say everything. Piss off with main event. Piss off with, uh, what was it? Level up? That's what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, unless someone is specifically paying me money to watch those shows, I will not be watching those shows. It is not happening. Like, no, you can't make me. Well, you can make me with money, but you can't make me do it for free. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm assuming that intro, because I've spoken for like 25 minutes. <laughs> and uh, you may be able to giggle along at that when you see the actual time after I've gone through in the edit. <laughs> for that, just to give the little uh, like intro talky thing. But I want to start at SmackDown, because WWE changed it. 
So the reason I'm formatting it like this is WWE changed their week to starting with SmackDown, their biggest show. Then it'll be a pay-per-view. Then Raw will be after the pay-per-view. Then you end the week on NXT. And then you start again with SmackDown, which was proven when they do the drafts. Because SmackDown's the first day of the drafts, so then it flows over to Monday Night Raw. For me personally, it kind of works, even though the way I see weeks <laughs> doesn't work. For me, a week either starts on Saturday or starts on Monday. And I'm fine with either view. Friday for a start of a week is an interesting choice. <laughs> so it, it works in my head. In terms, I've been able to figure it out with the wrestling flow, but in terms of how my week works, like, that's, that's the last day of the week. Sure, it is either Friday or Sunday is your last day of the week, right? <laughs> like, I'm assuming for nobody, it's the first day of the week apart from WWE. Like, that's that's just weird. That's just odd. Why would you do that? Friday can't be your first day. Yeah, but anyway, Friday is the first day of this review every single week because it will start with SmackDown, the go home show for Fastlane. So it's it's more of a kind of like going back and it's like, oh, what happened this past uh, week? Well, uh, SmackDown this past week was hyping up the Cena slash uh, LA Knight versus Jimmy and Solo, a tag team match that took place at Fastlane the next night, as well as the SmackDown Women's Championship triple threat match. It was a go-home show with nothing really that crazy on it, to be fair. Isn't really anything of note, because <laughs> all of the notes really are safe for Fastlane, which it should be. This won't happen every week. It's because like nothing happened on SmackDown, and I've already talked enough about me eating up my time. I want to keep this at a like 40 minutes or so. <laughs> I'll go into detail about SmackDown on most weeks, but this week, like nothing happened, <laughs> and it built up Fastlane. SmackDown wanted us to talk about Fastlane, so let's talk about Fastlane. You are looking live from a sold-out Gay Bridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. 14,529 WWE fans are here in the city of the Indy 500. A fun little B-level pay-per-view that keeps the place spinning. Like, it's nothing crazy. Five matches. For me personally, this is a great length of a pay-per-view. Like, I don't want my... Like, when Vince McMahon did the edict of, like, every pay-per-view has to be four hours. Fastlane does not need to be four hours. Five matches, nothing crazy to write home about, but it's fun enough. And again, it's five matches long. <laughs> like, this is an NXT takeover, wham, bam, thank you, done, off we pop. The only real noteworthy happening was the Tag Team Championships changing hands away from Judgment Day into Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. The rest of the show, it's fine. It's a fun little triple threat, fun tag matches. Like, the Hurt Business and versus LWO was like a TV show tag match, but eh, whatever. And Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura tried. Like, they had a main event, WWE main event feeling closer. There'd never been that, like, chemistry to take Shinsuke versus Seth to that next level. On paper, it sounds like an amazing feud. And I loved the presentation of the pay-per-view previously with the whole Shinsuke intro, with the, the whole animation for him. Just like, oh, that's just effort you would never see in the pre-Triple H era. It's, 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 again, it's a lot more competent show, and when they do stuff like that, that's when it really hits home for me that they really are a lot more competent. Fastlane was perfectly fine, perfectly missable, but they did have the uh, Tag Team Championship opener, and that was really the only thing of note on the show. They had a reveal for Jade Cargill on that as well. Uh, NXT then followed suit as well. Uh, they're really hyping. I really am a fan of the way they're doing Jade Cargill. I was, I've mentioned it previously. For me, Jade Cargill is a huge success for WWE just because oh, she feels like she'll be a huge star. And the way that they've signed her and the way that they've started presenting her is a huge win for WWE. She feels like she's going to be a mega star. She's surely going straight to Raw or SmackDown. You don't hype someone up like that and then drop them on NXT. It's like, eh. Like, she's not the most rounded and polished performer, but she's not NXT. It's a ground where I don't want to see Jay Cargill in NXT. 
she's got the stardom stuff down. She can just go to one of the main rosters. Like that's why she's perfect for WWE. She's not in the land of AEW where the wrestling itself is the focus. In the end, she totally won them over. I feel like if she can prove herself in AEW, then in WWE she's going to absolutely fly because it was the WWE style stuff that she just had down to a T almost instantly. She had that star presence like from the get-go and that's been built upon and improved upon to a point where when she left AEW, she was also an incredibly talented wrestler as well. So you put those two things together, it's like, oh, she's going to be an absolute star in WWE. But yeah, but yeah fascinating though. Perfectly fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> Nothing crazy. But yeah, all of that happened. And Seth Rollins, she's getting like a more out of thing. Seth fell off uh, the stairs onto a pad. <laughs> well, did the whole thing with the, uh, the commentary where he got kicked off the stairs by Shinsuke. He's meant to like, oh, he's fallen onto the concrete. The commentator's sending it like crazy. Michael Cole is like, oh my God, he's trying, what has he done? He's fallen straight down. He's the back of, of uh, Seth Rollins that they've been selling for ages. That's his go-to thing now is the back. What is he, Matt Jackson? <laughs> he's got the, he's rolling on the floor after Shinsuke's apparently pushed him off, but just in the background, you can just see the padding. Like, no, he fell really comfortly. Like Kenny Omega, get Toro Yano onto the corner pad. It's like, oh, this is actually really nice. But yeah, that's my fast lane notes. Not a lot to write home about, but it's like two, like the NXT TakeOver stuff is, even if it's like, feels B-level, it's like two, two and a half hours. It's hardly <laughs> the biggest time sapper in the world. It's what made like the Vince era just, it's just a little bit more tough, tougher. Which is that if it was a bad show or if it was like a lower level feeling show, you felt like you were having your time wasted because it was four hours. Even if it wasn't an A-level show. And uh, you would see, I remember seeing comments at the time, it's like, oh, not every show has to be an A-show. And I was like, but it's four hours. <laughs> do it like this. This is, this is how you do it. If it's not an A-level show, don't make it like more than five or six matches. Just have it be two and a half hours and let me go to bed. <laughs> like, it's absolutely fine. And arguably, I feel like this, like Fastlane may even be up for people's like worst pay-per-view of the year. Just because this year, you look at AEW, look at WWE, like, there are no bad pay-per-views in this era. They just aren't. So a B-level pay-per-view is just automatically going to go up people's lists of the worst pay-per-view. Every other pay-per-view is noteworthy and there's such great wrestling just all around from both companies. Fastlane might be on that list. <laughs> Let's move on. I've got to stop bringing up stuff. So Monday Night Raw. Double super kick. Like a well-oiled machine. It's like they've been tagging for years, Cole. There it is, the Cody. Again, not many notes from Raw. Raw this week was an absolutely fine show. Uh, JD McDonuts doesn't make the Judgment Day. He mucks up against Drew McIntyre. Uh, Drew McIntyre is now an... He's not an absolute villain, but he's still sticking by his guns. That he's, If it doesn't involve him, if it doesn't really ruffle any feathers out in his direction, then he's not really going to care. If someone attacks somebody else, then that's an issue. But if Judgment Day go and attack Seth Rollins so that Damien Priest can cash in his money in the bank briefcase, that's a problem. And I like the thing of, because um, there's that question of, well, why would Drew McIntyre care who if that Seth Rollins is champion? It's like, no, no, no. He cares about a faction holding the gold because of what he went through on SmackDown with Roman Reigns. So it's like, oh, yes, cohesion, competency in the storytelling in the characters. I still, I still have that guttural reaction. Because this is storytelling basics. I shouldn't be cheering this stuff. <laughs> but because of the Vince era, I cheer competency and cohesion. And it's stuff like this. It's like, ah, oh, yes. He's following his character. He's not forgotten what happened in the past on this show. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, yes. When in reality, I should nothing it because it should be standard. Uh, Cody and Jay celebration. 
talking about Bridget stuff as well. What about finishing the story, Cody? Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens are taking umbrage. They're like, maybe we should be holding the belts. Sammy with his friendship with Jay, feeling a bit, uh, uh, I don't mean to like speak harsh against you. And Kevin's like, no, I'm going to speak harsh against you. I don't care. <laughs> I want us to be champions. Setting up our fun main event. Also speaking of fun matches, Intercontinental Championship number one contender, Bronson Reed wins the triple threat with the big tsunami. I'm generally a big fan of Bronson Reed, and it's somewhat been a shame that they seem to be doing everything correctly by the book in how they've booked Bronson Reed and how to get over a monster, but for some reason it's just not clicking at that level. Even when he has amazing matches, even when he had the, just the brawl with Bobby Lashley, big lad splashes with Otis a couple of weeks ago, and just all of that stuff, and he's still not kind of hitting that level. And maybe, again, maybe a big lad match, big lad doing bigger lad wrestling with Walter <laughs> the big Gunter special <laughs> in the Intercontinental Champion that he is <laughs> but for some reason even at an amazing show in the Elimination Chamber didn't do shit for his <laughs> reception the next uh, like the next show of Raw he's like okay fine well for whatever reason it's just not clicking with Bronson Reed and the mass audience even though they're doing everything right so that, that should be getting him over to a certain level it's just not it's just not clicking but the main focus of course is like the whole Judgment Day saga with McDonut not getting in to the Judgment Day uh, cut causing the problems and he's what cost in the, the angst with Damien Priest who didn't want him in the first place who's been yelling at him as well and then the whole thing at Fastlane happened and the reason that they lost the championship was because of McDonough's yes it doesn't get better the previous ever gets Drew McIntyre well we know what's going to happen here <laughs> he doesn't he yeah gets his head clobbered in losers doesn't really get into the good graces of the judgment day and he's still kind of like the guy who wants to be in the stable and whatever I guess my only thing is that was set up what half a year ago when McDonut was drafted to Raw and then they set up the whole thing with Finn died off nothing and then it kind of just came back again <laughs> so it's kind of like it's existed for a while they haven't really moved past this beat of his character is guy who wants to get into judgment day it doesn't feel like he's a guy and he wants to get into the stable it's like no at the moment, that is his character. There is no other character other than he wants to get into Judgment Day. And of course, you've got the mini thing of like the past with Finn. Instead of like, what is McDonut's character? <laughs> Not a lot there. Oh, maybe the McDonut nickname of Guinness is, is fitting because it's his character's kind of hollow at the moment. Like a like a big donut. <laughs> I don't know if there's something there. I don't know if there's something there. Anyway, now to get onto, I can excitedly talk about because it's the final thing of the week. I don't think there's anything else on Raw really worth talking about. They set up some matches. Nia Jax is back doing stuff. Cool. Whatever. This setting up Shayna Baszler thing with Ray, Rhea Ripley. He's incredibly over. She's kind of becoming the de facto leader of Judgment Day after when she was gone. Things seemed to just fall apart. She's taking like the reins of that. Eh, we'll see. Raw. Perfectly fine follow-up to a perfectly fine pay-per-view. But then came NXT. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The NXT Mega Palooza. I mean, I mean, I mean. Sorry, just just your absolutely ordinary episode of NXT. If you were to watch this episode of NXT, then this is exactly what you're in for every week. It's, aside from the fact that this was 
a special on a level NXT has never seen before. <laughs> My God. Cody Rhodes, Asuka, LA Knight, John Cena, The Undertaker, all of the stars for no reason other than they just felt like doing a special. There's no other, no other reason. They wanted to do a special. That is fine. <laughs> I jest, I jest. AEW moved to Tuesday through no fault of their own because of the baseball, as I'm told. Sports be damned, they put on a great show regardless. You Americans are weird. I told you we'd get into the TV thing. Because a show airing on a different day and viewership falling isn't really a thing outside of your country. If that happens over here, we'll just, you know, watch it on the other day. <laughs> viewership doesn't really change. <laughs> like People who watch the show be like, oh, okay, cool, it's on that day. Yeah, we're not in such a pattern that if it's not on that day, I'm like, oh, I can't watch it now. <laughs> it's like, no, I'll just... Watch it on the other day. There's no such thing as viewership dropping because it airs on a Wednesday to a Tuesday. That's not a thing in our country. In America, oh, that's huge. Like, AEW were all but guaranteed to see a drop in the ratings. And WWE, so I've seen that. They were like, we can get a win, win here. We can really add to that kind of aura that we are the bigger promotion by absolutely smashing AEW in this. So WWE went balls to the walls with NXT to a level we have not once before witnessed. The whole show having an aura of like a special pay-per-view caliber event with the big stars out to shine and raising the stock with the NXT young'uns. And it worked. Like NXT soared up past the 900,000 mark. I think I think it was like 900... I say, I think I've got it written down. I just need to find it. 921,000 viewers watching live for NXT, which is the highest... I think it's either the highest ever... Or it's one of the highest. I don't know if they broke like uh, I can't. I can't remember. It's the highest against AEW. That that's that's the thing that's true. But I can't remember if it's the highest ever. It's the highest of the year. Uh, that's that question. AEW six hundred and nine thousand live viewership, which I've seen some comments going like, "Oh, AEW in the mud," or "Although AEW low," but that means like one and a half million people watched wrestling when there was both the baseballings and the uh, hockey puckings <laughs> on at the same time. The gravitational pulls of the sports was there for two different sports as well, both of which have huge fan bases. They were pulling away <laughs> and still wrestling got one over one and a half million people to watch it. And I was like, nah, that's a win. It's a huge win for uh, NXT because th- their viewership was like nowhere near that before. Absolutely soaring up to nearly a million and especially as well in the little gritty details like if you don't care about the details i'm just going to indulge for a second because yes yes it's big viewership for wrestling overall nxt's 18 to 49 demographic which when they were going head to head with aw even if the ratings were were close aw was just slaughtering them in that demographic which the advertisers which the advertisers care most about that demographic therefore those numbers are a bit more important than the other demographic numbers and aw would just slaughter them in that one every single week even if the overall viewership was a bit closer the actual demographic that the advertisers care most about AEW were winning that every single week this week NXT was like 0.1 off of Raw when in like on average they're like two or three points like lower than when like Raw is this time they were like 0.1 like they were they were pretty getting pretty close to one of like Raw's own 1849 ratings and that's Raw we're talking about like the inclusion of main roster stars has already boosted NXT's numbers in those regards as of late. They absolutely, like this show absolutely shot them right up. Also, the absolutely crazy stat uh, crunched by uh, Raj Giri is that NXT's year-on-year 18-49 to 49 demo rating was up 100% <laughs> from last year. Like, 
that's in comparison to this same time last year when AEW again got moved to a Tuesday because of the sports and they went head to head with NXT. NXT's 18 to 49 demo rating for that show last year is was up 100% this year. <laughs> like, oh God, that kind of shows that this definitely works. This absolutely loading the show. Again, Cody Rhodes, John Cena, LA Knight, Asuka, The Undertaker. <laughs> like they loaded the hell out of the show. But you know, AW aren't competition or anything. Like <laughs> there are there is no competition. They just like they just are. They just is. Yeah, the, <laughs> just the, the response <laughs> to them being approached on their turf on their Tuesday. Uh, but I, the way I was looking at it was like Tuesday night was a big win for wrestling. Like given the gravitational pull of the baseballing and the puck hockeying, <laughs> like. Still one and a half million overall. That's good stuff. That's good numbers. That's good shit. <laughs> That's good numbers. Uh, but for the show itself, like the, my, my thing with NXT is I'm not. I don't like the way that it's produced, and that requires me to go to detail about nerdy stuff. And for this first episode, I feel like I can hold that back. <laughs> I could do that on a different week when less happens. But when it comes to when it comes to NXT, I'm not a massive fan of the flow of the show, the way that it's, again, edited and produced. It's just not really... It's not for me, and I can go into detail why in later weeks, but it's, it felt like an NXT show, but it felt like a huge NXT special because of the names that were coming out and the atmosphere in the crowd who were electric all night. And uh, they really... So it's the thing of... Uh, I was reminded of, like, when Minoru Suzuki... Did, don't worry, this comes back to John Cena. <laughs> when Minoru Suzuki debuted in AEW there's a whole thing of uh, the reaction online was a mi- was I saw some people going well how are you meant to know who this guy is he's just turned up and he's a- gone to this guy why is he important like how would you know that and I'm just like and the, and the logical people who'd watched the show was like well the audience reaction told you he was important so if you've never watched WWE before and you saw John Cena come out you'd never seen a movie before <laughs> you'd never seen Bumblebee before you never seen... Oh, what was the one where he played the bull? That one. <laughs> you never seen that, the bull animated movie before. <laughs> and uh, John Cena comes out. You don't know who he is, but he gets that reaction. The people in the crowds are standing up, holding their phones. And production did a really good job of just holding a shot where the crowd was stood up with their phones as John Cena was about to make his entrance. I think they did it with The Undertaker as well, especially. Because my thing with WWE is cutting way too quickly. And I feel like on this episode of NXT, there are multiple instances of them not cutting away to great effect. Uh, one, I think, for like Cody Rhodes at the beginning, I was a fan of one of those shots when he's in the ring, kind of just absorbing the NXT atmosphere. John Cena, when he was absorbing the NXT atmosphere as well. And for The Undertaker, when he came out, they had a still shot of the crowd. And often I get that, I was like, oh, it's their production error. Like, no, no, no. They were waiting for him to just come through on his bike. But that meant we got one relatively long still image of all the fans standing up with their phones. So even if in that aspect, if you've never seen The Undertaker, you know he's important because of that reaction and them showing you that reaction. Like when Minoru Suzuki came back in AEW and the crowd went absolutely crazy and gave him that level of response, you now know he's important even if you don't know who he is. <laughs> Same thing here. And... Um, oh, I can't. Remember. It kind of dies at that point because at that point they set up a Moxley Suzuki match and the, the, the fight between them was awesome. This was Legend comes back, squashes the villain that you kind of want to see get beaten up, but uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta gotta get that Undertaker over. <laughs> it's his joke slam. I'm the bigger badass and leaves. Yeah, uh, uh, 
But the thing I did like was there was a spotlight on the NXT talent. It it didn't feel like this like this is the show where the main roster stars come over and take over for a night. It was way more competently done. In the Vince era, and if it, this was Vince runs the show for a night, that is exactly what would have happened. <laughs> it would have almost been like a raw anniversary show. The legends come back and just beat up your current crop. It's like, well, who am I meant to care about now? Because they're all shit. Because all these old men beat them. <laughs> like, how can I believe them now? Uh, whilst this felt more like they were being elevated by the stars. Asuka was the only one of the uh, stars that came down that wrestled. Uh, Cody Rhodes was the general manager for the night, getting to interact with the other people backstage. Uh, LA Knight was the special guest referee. John Cena was in the corner of someone. Paul Heyman was in the corner of some of... Uh, or John Cena was in the corner of Carmelo Hayes. Paul Heyman in the corner of Bron Breaker. And Undertaker came... He was Undertaker was the only one who properly came, just beat up, made them look crap and left. <laughs> but... Also, Von Pinker had also lost and was being a dick after the match, so he was already not on the upper hand and then got hit even lower down the rungs. But yeah, there's... It was a, it was a fine enough show. I mean, as an Englishman as well, I guess I've I've got to comment on the pub match <laughs> between them. As like, I'm watching it, I'm like, this feels like it has had the input from all of these British guys in this match. However, it feels like they're specifically designing it for, well, what does an American think a pub is? <laughs> and they've gone for that. And you know what? It was perfectly enjoyable. It was perfectly fine. There's a massive caveat of that. They were in America, so you can't really get the stuff from our pubs authentically to be in the show when you're picking up all of your props from what you can get in America. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Absolutely fine. You know what? Dartboard, fine. Uh, sneaker cube, yep. Yep, all this stuff is authentic enough. Uh, drinks on a table yep that'll do <laughs> that's absolutely fine and it was fun enough or whatever I guess Pete Dunne counts as a main roster guy coming back uh, yeah he and Tyler Bate teaming in progress as uh, British Strong Style that was really fun that was a fun time uh, one of the best for, for me I like one of the best entrance theme combinations for a group they did uh, Love Is Blindness they did the cover by Jack White as their entrance and it, oh, it just worked so well with them uh, posing because I think the idea at the time was that these are the guys who are going to WWE and now they're like, well, we're better than you now because we're signed to WWE contracts. <laughs> time goes on. But at the time it really worked and they went from beloved faces to we're the dickheads with the money now. <laughs> so they come out and they pose to that song with the guitar solo and everything. Oh, it worked really well. So yeah, I've got good memories as Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne as a tag team. So, and this was just a fun little brawly affair. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Do you want, like, a stamp of a British authentication for the pub match? It's like, eh, like, was that, was was this, uh, was this, uh, did that actually create a vibe of a, of a pub? No, of course not. <laughs> but you know what? When you're trying to get a feeling of a pub across to an American, then yeah, it's fine. It's, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> That's what it was. They're going to an American audience. Like, you don't want to create the authentic British pub experience to an American audience. <laughs> they won't. Put, they probably won't find it that appealing. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, sitting at a table, just waiting for your chips. And by chips, I mean your potato fries. But you have pubs, so we're calling them chips. <laughs> Is that good, God? <laughs> remember your table number, because you need your table number to go and get your food from the bar. So, yeah. That's the other thing. I remember I tried to explain as well. So, I don't know. Yeah. Pub, pub food. Yeah, let's not, let's not get into pub food. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they do everything. Mediocrely. But they do everything. Yeah, yeah. that's pubs. 
I feel like that's the best way to kind of uh, end the uh, week. So like, in the future, when I'm not spending like half the show talking about myself in a really egotistical or look at me, <laughs> when I'm not doing that, I will just do the stronger format. I'll talk about uh, SmackDown just a little bit more. But the main thing of this show is just revisiting the week that was WWE. If something funny happens, then oh, I'll be fun to reminisce in that or whatever. If, if it's, the shows are perfectly fine, then like this week I'll be like, it's fine, wasn't it? <laughs> it was absolutely fine. Let's not be. Let's not. You know, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm probably gonna be a lot more positive about WWE than especially the One Nation Radio boys <laughs> on this network. But the aim is that I'd, we talk about what's happened over the past week of WWE, and I'll, I'll, I guarantee I'll make note of something that happens either tomorrow or Friday. And by the time I come to the next recording, that thing will feel like an absolute age away. Go, and we'll all be sitting there going, "Oh God, the news cycle moves so fast." Like. Like AW Collision feels like it was absolutely ages ago, but it was just, I just watched it before I watched Fastlane. <laughs> so the the AW Collision show feels like it's so outdated by the time I was watching it. I was, <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's totally weird. Anyway, so my name has been Matt Mayer, aka Imp. This has been Imp's WWE Adventures podcast. Uh, I'll be aiming to release it every single Thursday to get a bit of uh, consistency there. Uh, but also on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, you've got One Nation Radio with Rich and James, All Things Elite with Floyd and whatever guest he's got that week, uh, keeping it strong style with the dad of Social Suplex, Jeremy Donovan, and young boy Joshua Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at the Damn Implicat. That's Dams in Damn. Um, do I have to call it X now? Even though the X symbol is also in, like, it's a it's a free use thing. Like, you can't copyright that logo. <laughs> tangent <laughs> tangent uh yeah 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 at the at the damn impacat i've got a twitch as well which is i think the implications with two s's that i hardly ever use it, but the best place to find me is wrestling headlines where i'll be doing my columns and stuff and they'll be going up there wrestlingheadlines.com you'll find me there but also yeah please check out the other social suplex stuff also thank you for listening to me waffling on on this initial show where it's going to be heavily edited it's going to have loads <laughs> of like different kind of just gaps just kind of things just rushed over which is going to get fleshed out in later weeks when I'm not spending time when I'm not conscious that I've spent half the time talking about me so I need to blast through this stuff but thank you for listening it's always appreciated never taken for granted no matter how many do this uh, also thank you to uh, uh, Jeremy for making me an official part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network after s- listening for so long being uh, uh, friends with you guys for so long uh, I'm on the crew this is the format and uh I'll be back next Thursday, hopefully, to talk about what's happened uh, with the uh, rest of WWE. I'm, I'm, I'm totally sure that this week's NXT was totally what you will expect from future NXT shows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be back this time next week, being like, oh god, it was <laughs> the oh the the level of the show was exactly the same. Oh, <laughs> exactly the same. It was just as hot. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I will see you next next week. The one thing that with these shows is when it comes to the end, I realise I've still got more things to say. I was like, I'm just tangent into it. Just go into it. Like no, no. <laughs> I've signed off. It's <laughs> time to go away. Time to go away. Uh, also follow Social Suplex and that lot on Twitter. I knew there was something I'd forgotten. <laughs> I've got new things to plug. It's a new network. And with that, I say thank you for listening, engaging in any form, any matter. With that, I bid with you. Adios. What's so 
what's special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.